13 days away from the start of the Clippers season. Brandon Marcus, your host alongside Matt Matta-Warren. Matt, how are you, my friend? Sports ethos, Clipper Nation, Brandon Marcus, how the heck are you? I'm good. We'll start We'll start the show off by checking in with my optimism meter, which is still very high. Good, good. And, and same for me. I know we've good. been talking about how we want to be more optimistic on this podcast and the pessimism um, can wait at least until we see what Ty Lue's rotations look like um, <laughs> until we see Roko benched for the first five games of the season. Then all of a sudden we can get a little more pessimistic, but we're going to be optimistic that the right things are going to be done. Um, I would love to start with the second preseason game. It's the most recent and we'll also hit on the first preseason game. And frankly, we'll probably do both at the same time since there's various topics that we can hit. I know that on the last podcast, we were discussing whether we thought Rocco or team man should be in the starting rotation or the starting lineup and what that could look like and whether Morris Batum, where they would be in the rotation. Um, So we got a chance to see in the first game, the Clippers went with a starting lineup of PG Kawhi Zoo, of course, with Bones and Team Man. So no Westbrook in that game. And so Bones got the start, and then Team Man got the start as well. And then the second game, same original three with George, Zoo, and Kawhi, but with Westbrook and Covington. So Westbrook instead of Highland, and then we had Rocco instead of Team Man. So I think we're really going to focus a lot on those four guys. Um, in particular, probably Rocco. Team Man and Bones, and then we'll obviously talk about what we saw from Kawhi and PG. Um, at least that's what I would love to do. Let's start with Rocco, because he seems to be the guy that everybody in Clipper Nation loves, and we all know that he can make an instant impact, but the issue is, is that he doesn't get the playing time. I mean, we saw so many DNP CDs last year, Matt, and then he goes and plays, and we always see what his impact is in the defensive end. And we know he can shoot the three ball as well, but it's the steals, the blocks, the active hands on the defensive end. And we saw that in the game that he got the start. He only played like 20 minutes, 22 to be exact. And he had 11 points, three rebounds. But more importantly, he had two steals and four blocks. And he was as active as they could be. And what's interesting is that They've talked about the athleticism and the starting lineup and how they want to have that athleticism, the ability to run. But with Rocco, you get those steals and blocks. All of a sudden, you're getting night fast breaks off of those as well. So I loved what I saw from Rocco. I have always loved what I've seen from Rocco. I thought that it was a steal when the Clippers got Rocco along with Norm Powell in that deal with Portland. I was pleased. Curious your thoughts on Rocco and if you've seen enough from him where he should certainly be either a starter or one of the first guys off the bench. What do you think? Yeah, love Covington. I'm a Bob Cobb fan. I, I celebrate his entire catalog. He's great. The the defensive prowess and leading to fast breaks, he fit like a glove into the starting lineup, at least in this preseason game. And I think a lot of that has to do with his size. Now, he's not that much bigger than Terrence Mann. He's 6'7", T-Man 6'5". But given that extra two inches and his huge wingspan and his defensive prowess, I think it does actually take a little bit of pressure off of Kawhi uh, and PG to be those defensive stalwarts and use all their energy on that side of the floor. It gives somebody besides Zoo to be backline help. And um, and it's he's just 
he knows where to be. He's one of those guys where he's like a like like a Batum type character where he just seems to always be in the right place. I mean, the the four blocks, the two steals, a bunch of deflections all around. So I thought he was phenomenal in the starting lineup. Will he be that's that person in the starting lineup all season? Will the starting lineup be fluid like like T. Lou uh, sometimes tends to do? Sometimes Man, sometimes Covington, depending on matchup. I'm not sure, but. It's it's kind of going the opposite of the small ball lineup, which you and I have never really been huge fans of, with Covington in there. So I was thoroughly impressed and very enthusiastic about about Covington in the starting lineup. And that's not to say I'm not enthusiastic about man. It's a tough decision, but Covington, he, he was he was awesome out there. I think it may also be with the opponent that where it's team man versus um, Rocco. You know what I mean? And hopefully that's the mm-hmm. decision because. We could easily see a curveball thrown where all of a sudden Marcus Morris is in the starting lineup on opening night. Like that, he he really seems to be one of Ty Lue's go tos. And the fact that he's there, still on the roster, and we are less than two weeks away from opening night, like someone's going to have to sit. I mean, you look at this Clippers roster, man, and you have obviously what we saw with Westbrook, Covington, George, Kawhi, and Zoo in that game. But you look at who came off the bench, and it was Batum, it was K.J. Martin, it was Plumley, it was Bones Highland, it was Terrence Mann. And then, of course, you still have those other guys um, that didn't play in Marcus Morris and Norm Powell. And so a couple of these guys are not going to be in the rotation, like straight up not going to be in the rotation. And that's what I fear with Rocco is that he was one of those guys last year. Like, is Marcus Morris going to be okay being a DNPCD? Just based on his personality, I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if he will be okay sitting. And that's my issue. I think the hard decisions have to be made. And certainly the right mindset is there right now. I mean, Ty Lue is doing all the right things. So you look at practices. The practices have been much harder in preseason. He's done a great job getting conditioning up with these guys as well. Everything is being said the way we want to hear it. It's just about actually what's what are we going to see on the floor? Like actions speak louder than preseason, in my opinion. Like what are we going to see during the regular season? And so that's the tough part, you know, because they're going to have to make decisions about who will be in the rotation. And that's where I fear that Rocco could be one of those guys left out despite being easily in the top 10 for the Clippers. I mean, all great points. And when you first mentioned Marcus Morris, who my feelings, I I think I let know on on the last episode, the listeners may have heard a sort of a high-pitched noise. Um, It wasn't feedback. Um, It was me, and it wasn't me trying to hit a soprano C4 for all my singers out there. It was actually me going, "Eh, I kind of think he's going to have to be okay with being a coach's uh, DNP CD because or coaches DNP CD because as much as as much as we know that he's Tyloo's guy and Tyloo loves getting him in there especially into the starting lineup I I think he's the odd man out I think he's kind of made himself the odd man out he played his way into being the odd man out in my personal opinion and I think that that is the right decision for Tyloo and the Clippers to make and hopefully it's I think it's the one that they will make personally with Covington absorbing some of those minutes uh, with KJ Martin uh, absor- absorbing some of those minutes. I think that's the way it's going to go. If I had to guess and if I, and I do think that's the right decision. Yeah. I mean, you look at those five guys who started in the second preseason game, and then there are seven bench guys. I'd be surprised if we see 
more than 10 total dudes, maybe in 11th. Um, but I, I don't know. We'll see what Ty Lue decides. So we talked about Rocco, and then the other side is that Team Man got the starting uh, nod in the first game. And in that starting job, he went less than 20 minutes. Didn't do a whole lot. Um, two points, one assist. The box score numbers don't show much. I didn't get a chance to watch this game. You did. How do you think Team Man fit with the starters? He looked good out there. It was a little... Um... It wasn't exactly – it didn't paint the entire picture, let's say, because uh, Russell Westbrook didn't play. Mm-hmm. So he was playing off Bones, and well, and Bones had a great game. I mean you could almost call the first one the Bones game and the second one the Rocco game because yeah. those are the two, the two guys who really stood out, um, of course, except for Kawhi taking 10 three-pointers mm-hmm. in the second game, which is, we have to mention because that's crazy, Kawhi taking 10 three-pointers. But T-Man out there, you know, he – he, like you said, he didn't do much um, as far as the box score is concerned, but he certainly kept up with the guys. I mean, he was when they ran, he ran. Uh, you know, Bones loves to push it, and T Mac can get right up there with him. Uh, he's also an excellent defender, very switchable. So i I think it, I think he did very well in the starting lineup. But I would be curious to see in one, if if in maybe one of these next two games against Denver, if if Westbrook plays if man will start next to him and then we can really get a look um, at what that might look like. So I think that'll paint a better picture um, if that with the actual proposed starting lineup as uh, Covington got to play with, but not team man. So while he did look good, it didn't really get all the information, at least in that game in particular. That's an interesting point. I do wonder if that's maybe something that Ty Lue decides to do. You'd assume that at some point we're going to see the actual starting five whether we've already seen it or if it's going to be shown in these next couple of games. Um, I know that they want to keep trying to build up PG and Kawhi's minutes as the preseason goes on, and they've shown that. I mean, the first game, PG and Kawhi played, I think, 15 minutes. In the second game, they got built up to 20 minutes. So they're certainly trying to build them up. I wouldn't be surprised if all of a sudden in the third game they play closer to 25 minutes. And then we'll see maybe if they – sit in the fourth game or if they do play. Um, That's one thing that who knows. But with Team Man, the one thing we know we're going to get from him is high energy. And so you and I talked in the last podcast that the one benefit of adding a guy like KJ Martin and then also having Bones with him in that second unit is that you get some of that energy if Team Man is in the starting lineup that you would normally have with Team Man off the bench. So you can certainly have man there with the athleticism, his ability to run with Russell Westbrook. Those two guys certainly would fare well together. And then you have the PG Kawhi Zoo threesome that I think could they can complement each other in different ways. But it really just depends on who you play and whether you can have team man as the four and have that work because he's obviously smaller. And for the Clippers, their system is more of, it's the wing stop. I mean, you have T-Man, Kawhi, PG, that all really could be interchangeable based on the two, three, four, with Westbrook as the one and then Zoo as the five. And I think we're we're pretty certain that it's going to be Westbrook as the starting point guard. I know he didn't play in that first game, but he did play in the second, and Bones Highland got that start in the first game. And you mentioned it, so let's go straight to it. With Bones, this is someone that I spoke about in the last podcast, and uh, as someone that was pretty anti-Bones being in the rotation during the playoffs last year, I said it's really important to get him valuable minutes during the regular season so he can be someone that you can rely on 
in the postseason because you want to continue to get that youth and that energy, especially if you're going to have team man in that starting lineup. You want to have some confidence in the bench unit, keeping that high tempo and keeping that energy and keeping that lead. And if you have a guy like Bones Highland that gets better and better and you put around him guys like Plumlee and Batum um, and whoever else is going to be in that second unit, then there's more success because we saw so many times last year, man, where the starters would do okay. And then all of a sudden the bench would kind of fall apart at times. And we also saw a lot of struggles in third quarters. We saw the Clippers come out flat. It it really was just a weird sequence of events last season. But I, I think the more minutes that you give to Bones Highland now, the better because you're in the regular season. You have a chance to not run Westbrook into the ground and encouraging signs from what I saw from Bones Highland. What do you think? I agree. And Bones Bones looked more – he looked stronger. His finishes were great. He looked more decisive. Um, and he looked to facilitate, I think, a lot more than he did uh, last year. I mean, he had, he had four assists, but that's in 24 minutes uh, to only two turnovers. But when we talk about the injection of youth and especially energy when it comes off the bench – that that is while that can be great, it can also be a little dangerous if it's out of control. But with 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 what Bones is showing at least in that first game, and what KJ Martin uh, has shown a little bit on on the Rockets, and then you know the uh, bounciness that we saw of him in the in the first two preseason games, um, kind of more in the first where he played 17 minutes and he had eight boards in those 17 minutes. Though they're not necessarily like these out of control young guys, which Bones definitely was a bit of that last year so you have to hope that and you're right to play them more and more and more so they can continue to build on that and they can sometimes play with some of the starters and get those reps so when it does become playoff time you know they're they're more polished and when they come in they don't either blow a lead or at least they can you know keep things close or whatever the case may be so i I love the injection of energy with those two guys but i do think as the season moves forward and and what we saw so far in the preseason it's a controlled uh, chaos with them or as opposed to maybe last year with bones when it was so it could go a little off the rails like hit or miss it could go a little off the rails he didn't exactly know what was going to be going on uh, and then i also think though now that we're talking about plum dog highland uh kj martin you know uh, be it batum coming off the bench you know it, it leaves us with marcus morris but it also leaves us with a guy we haven't really mentioned maybe at all this in, in, the, in this preseason that's norm powell mm-hmm. it, it's going to be very interesting to see the ebbs and flows of this offense and who's who stays in favor, who stays out, who plays, who doesn't, uh, whose name gets floated out there, which will it'll nev- inevitably happen on the chopping block or in the trading block. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see who, what comes up and what names we hear. Quick side note, you, we just mentioned how the roster crunch is going to be tough. I mean, this is why they didn't keep Eric Gordon. I mean, imagine Eric Gordon with all these other guys, like, listen, the decision in hindsight was dumb to drop down 10 picks in the draft and only have Eric Gordon for those handful of games and then to bow out in the postseason and then not keep him the following year. Like all of that, it doesn't look great. I mean, you'd much rather have that 20th pick and get who the Rockets got. But at the same time, like you add Eric Gordon, like where is Eric Gordon fit here? because you want to try and get some youth with Bones Highland. You're going to play Norm Powell. You're going to play Batum. you got K.J. Martin, who, again, is there's more youth there. 
and you have Plumlee. Like, you need a traditional backup center. The Clippers clearly showed that last year, that they were a better team when they had a backup center in that second unit. So where exactly does Eric Gordon fit? And that's still not talking about Marcus Morris. And it's one of those things where we don't know how that would have worked. And I don't think it would have worked. And Norm Powell, Eric Gordon, it just feels like there's too much there. So in hindsight, it obviously didn't wasn't a good trade. But it does make sense why he wasn't brought back, Matt. Agreed. Um, yeah, it, it was it was a bad decision. It was a bad look. But, you know, at, at many times, the Clippers would and w- would look to EG to perhaps be like the de facto even backup point guard to Westbrook at times. And now if 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 the Clippers saw Bones with his youth, with his ability stepping up, yeah, they're really he would have got squeezed out of the lineup, Eric Gordon, or squeeze or squeeze somebody out that may have been one of those youth guys. So it it, it makes sense now. It it you know you can't argue the fact that it was a bad trade and it was just kind of a a strange turn of events all around. But it makes sense now. Yeah, of what they did. So. It, exactly. And I do love Bones, by the way, being Russell Westbrook's backup and learning from Russ. I mean, Russ is a Hall of Famer, and, and just to have a guy like that that has come into the Clippers organization and been so positive and given that energy and that leadership and to kind of carry some of that on to Bones Highland. I like that a lot. Uh, And so we'll see what that means for the Clippers during the regular season and how Bones is able to improve and progress as the year goes on. But I think the main question, and I kind of touched on it and curious to get your point of view, if you only had to start one of Rocco and T-Man, and keep in mind that the other one would go into a bench unit with Powell, Batum, KJ Martin, Bones, and Plumley, most likely. Which one are you starting? I mean, there's Powell, obviously, and and who knows what the Clippers are going to do with those five guys and six guys. But if you're only starting one, would it be Rocco or T Man? Man, and I was, I was. This is hard. I was all about T Man in the starting lineup, but there is. I mean, I have a little bit of recency bias, of course, because the Rocco game was the most recent game. But giving that that defensive presence and that size to sort of spell Kawhi and PG, I think my skills would be tipping right now into the Rocco side. I do want to see how that five, um, you know, the the four guys in Covington play together sort of on a consistent basis. I, I think and, and I don't think T Man would be the wrong decision, but if if I had to lean one way or the other and like I said, maybe this is recency Rocco biased, but I'm le- I think I'm leading Covington at the moment. What about you? Yeah, same. And it's actually for one very, very particular reason. I think the Clippers would be too st- too small in their starting lineup if they mm-hmm. started with Terrence Mann. And I understand what he brings to your team, and I understand that he sometimes he plays bigger than he actually is at about six foot five, whereas Rocco is about six seven with a seven two wingspan. It just feels like the Clippers are really valuing each possession and making sure they don't give up those second chance points and are trying not to turn over the basketball and instead trying to force turnovers. I just feel like Rocco will be better at forcing turnovers on the defensive end, and I feel like he'll be a better rebounder than T-Man. So that's why I would lean towards starting a taller guy. And that's why Marcus Morris was always starting. It just, I mean, even though Marcus Morris was not a good rebounder, I mean, there are so many times when you'd have two, three rebounders, three rebounds as the starting five or starting four, rather. 
it, it just feels like Robert Covington fits better with this unit. Um, but there are certainly times where you can come in with a smaller unit and have PG and Kawhi go down to that three and four. Um, and who knows who else will play with them because they've said they're willing to do that. It just feels like in a starting lineup, I think it's too small, especially in the Western Conference, where at times you're facing teams like the T-Wolves that have Gobert and they have Towns, and you look at the Nuggets, and the Nuggets are bigger. It just feels like you're playing way too small if you start team man. That's my only thing, and that's why I would lean towards Rocco. That makes that, that makes absolute sense, and that's one of the reasons that I'm leaning towards Rocco as well. It is that size. Um, yeah, I, I have a. It just I don't know why this popped into my head, Brandon. Can I ask you a strange question? Yeah. Okay, so you mentioned uh, Rocco's height and wingspan. Would you rather be your current height, mm. which is not, which not I I don't think it's a bad height or anything, but would you rather be your current height with a seven two wingspan? Excuse me, so as I get a phone call, your your height with a seven two wingspan or six seven with your current wingspan? Oh, I I would. Oh man, I think I'd rather be six seven, but that's really tall. That I mean, actually, no, yeah. because then I'd be, six, I'd be an athlete. Pretty darn tall. I'd probably be an athlete. Um, I'm five foot eight, so I, I just feel like five foot eight with a seven two wingspan would be certainly yeah, that's, special. That's legit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I just had to ask. I think I would choose the wingspan as well. Um, I'm yeah. about five. 10 on 10 and a half on a great day. Okay. So, uh, yeah, with a seven, two wingspan, that would be, that would be phenomenal. Six, seven with my current wingspan, that would be a T-Rex situation. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing is that if you're really tall and you have no wingspan, then you just look really weird. So I think I'd probably go with my height actually and a longer wingspan because six, seven is just way too tall. There's, I mean, there are people that will say that they're 5'11", so they wouldn't say six feet cause, or six foot instead of six one Because I feel mm-hmm. like the, the taller you get, the more freakish people think you are, which is not the case. But I don't know. I, I It's an interesting one. All right, people, if you are listening, and I know you are right now since you're listening to this podcast, but if you're interested, at BD Marcus on Twitter and at Matt Mattawarren on Twitter, would you rather be somewhere around 5'9", with a 7-2 wingspan, or would you rather be something like 6-7 with like very little wingspan? Curious to get your thoughts. Hit us up on Twitter. That's your homework for the day. And uh, I'm curious to get people's takes on that. Can't wait. All right. Here's also another thing, by the way. The Clippers play Utah in their second game of the season, so we've obviously seen Utah twice now, and that they are a bigger team. And then San Antonio, of course, is going to have Wembayama at the, th- at the four, most likely, with Zach Collins. So, and then you look at Orlando, and Orlando has those bigs, too, with, like, Wendell Carter Jr., um, and they have one more big, too, that I'm blanking on that usually plays with him. So, I just feel like they're a bigger team, and that's why I think Rocco makes more sense. I think you're going to be playing teams that just have height, and that's why I'd rather go with Rocco. So. Yeah, it's, it to match up with. I mean, th- it's throughout the league, you're going to you're going to see. I mean, even if let's say even if you play the Lakers and they have like Christian Wood alongside Anthony Davis, you're you're just you're going to need and you just go down the line. You're you're going to need size. So it, it it makes perfect sense. And then you know you have T Man come off the bench with those other guys, um, and that and that'll work too. A little youth and speed injection. T Man's not the springest of chickens any longer, but still. He's still young and he can he can get out there and move like we were saying. So I, I think it makes perfect sense 
uh, we'll see if we'll see what Tyloo does and if he if he keeps it fluid or or if he just keeps it you know the same for any elongated period of time. Yeah, that, that'll be interesting. He does like those 10 game sample sizes. So maybe we get a look at Roco for 10 games, then maybe team man for 10 games. The only issue is I kind of hate that because it, it feels like you're not me, getting, me you're not getting consistency. And that was one of our biggest gripes last year. You and I came on this podcast so many times saying we're not getting consistency because we're not seeing PG on the floor. We're not seeing Kawhi on the floor along with the rotating lineups that continue just mess things up and there's no consistency being shown and we're not getting the same five for 10 straight games because guys are hurt and or guys are actually getting in and out of the lineup. And so it's, I don't love it. We'll see what happens. Um, obviously Westbrook will be that starting point guard. I thought you and I both agree. Bones Highland has been solid and we'll see what team man and Covington where that comes up with. But I think we'd be remiss if we skip past Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and in particular Kawhi Leonard um, last year, we didn't really see much of a preseason from Kawhi. Um, all we saw was him come off the bench in the second half in that game against the Lakers on opening night and what was a very strange way to ramp him up. I like this a lot better because I'm getting a chance to actually see Kawhi, and he looks like he's fine, and that's a really good sign. You mentioned the 10 threes. That's not something that I expect to see every game. I mean, we've been on this podcast. I've had Justin Wilson on this pod a bunch of times, and Justin always talks about how he wants to see PG put up 10 threes because he's a good three-point shooter, and he's got that ability. Kawhi is more of a mid-range dude that will hit the occasional three. I mean, he'll hit a couple per game. Ten's a lot, but I think the more important thing is that Kawhi looks healthy, and a healthy Kawhi Leonard means that the Clippers all of a sudden have a much higher ceiling, which is fantastic news. Kawhi looks 100. percent I'll be honest with you. I mean, he, you know, he's never gonna look slim because he's such a humongous human being, but he does. He just looks in like tip-top shape. Not really working. I think he's already worked himself back, you know, from the MCL, which he's even said. And those 10 three-pointers were awesome. It's a preseason game, you know. Go go have some fun. He's a fun guy. But we, we just love to see him. I mean, he's, he's bouncy as as much as Kawhi can be. But getting up and down the court, hitting the deck, which scares us, as we know, um, but not maybe not to the degree that it scared us last year when he's coming off an ACL. Now it's a, now it's an MCL. He himself described as a much, 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 much different injury. I love the way he looked. Um, Paul George, you know, Paul George looks healthy as well. He, he didn't shoot the ball all that great, but we'll forgive him the preseason, of course. And with those two, with with those two healthy, and by the way, if if. If you're playing a at home, if you're playing a drinking game about how many times the announcers mention the health of those two, yeah, you're you're gonna be you're gonna be in some serious trouble uh, because that, it's a lot. And I have a I have a sneaking suspicion we're gonna be hearing that all season. I I suppose with good reason, you know, they are the faces of the quote unquote load management movements. So we'll see what happens. But Kawhi looks fantastic, and it's like you said, it's great, 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 great to see him. In the preseason, can't wait to lead into the regular season. Season opener, by the way, October 25th against the Portland Trailblazers, which, yes, I will be in attendance. Oh, baby. All right. We got a firsthand account after that one. Curious to uh, get your experience there. By the way, um, Kawhi, I think, is 9 for 20 so far in the preseason, so that's solid. Uh, PG and Kawhi were a plus 17 in that second game and the first game. Um, PG was a plus 10. Kawhi was a plus 7 along with Zoo, who was a plus seven in that first game. And in the second game, Zoo 
um, was a plus six, but he obviously played very limited minutes. He played five minutes because of an injury. But the good sign is that both those guys, the Clippers are winning when they're on the floor. And I think that was something we saw last year, but we didn't see enough of because they both couldn't stay healthy. And the fact of the matter is, Matt, that if they the two of them stay healthy and they're able to play upwards of 30 minutes per game and the bench is able to provide that energy and that athleticism and that tenacity with guys like, let's say, T-Man is in that second unit along with Norm Powell and Bones Highland and Mason Plumley. The Clippers, again, we're going to go back to last year and how the depth was one of the Clippers' fortes. Again, that is the same case this year where the Clippers have that depth. It's just about putting it all together and implementing a good plan on the basketball court to execute with the guys you have on the floor and the talent you have. And I think the Clippers are fully capable of doing that And I really am optimistic about the Clippers getting that lead with Kawhi and PG and being able to keep it with the bench unit. We'll see what happens. But it's funny because they had all those high, I mean, all that high praise for the Clippers in the last couple of years and all those lofty expectations. And that's not there this year. And I'm more optimistic because of that. It's, it's a weird feeling, you know, Matt, where you have the ability to actually enjoy each game not living on the edge each game. Like you, you think this team is good. Like they should be winning most of their games, but it feels like the pressure from the outside is not there this year, whereas it was previously. And so I don't feel as much pressure each game. And so maybe the Clippers will feel less pressure and can just go and play basketball. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. I feel the exact same way without, with, yeah, without all the outside pressure and expectations and, predictions uh championship or or bust uh if they don't win this year it's a failure just just to watch the guys hoop and to have fun out there it allows it i mean it really does translate through the screen i mean i don't think i I can't say for certain but it didn't seem like they were having so much fun last year and you know by by osmosis neither were we It, it just it it sort of makes sense so now that they don't feel that pressure we don't feel that pressure i hate to i hate to to do this and to check in on the 2023 uh, Beardwatch update, but you know they're still Woj is still saying that the Clippers are you know the front runners, if not the only runners for James Harden. Does that do you think that changes that feeling at all? Should he come over? Or is that something we wait and discuss if that happens? We just made it 30 minutes without discussing James Harden. Good for us. That that. Yeah. that. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to do it. I had to. I had to bring it up before we before we got out of here. Well, it sounds like the Clippers are not interested in putting Team Man in that deal. So I think that makes both of us pretty happy. Um, yeah. And I think it's just going to come down to the picks. And it seems like if the deal is going to get done, this goes back to our last podcast where I think the the deal either gets done in the next week or it doesn't get done until the trade deadline. I, I just feel like the Clippers will just go into the season saying "f it." Maybe there's something else that we need towards the trade deadline instead of James Harden. Maybe James Harden gets hurt or he just doesn't fit in well. It, it it feels like this deal gets done in the next week or so. Now, what the hell that will do with the Clippers rotation? We just talked about 12 guys that deserve to play. All of a sudden, you add one more. That's 13 guys. And one of those guys will be James Harden who's going to enter the starting lineup. And if James Harden enters the starting lineup, does that mean that Westbrook plays alongside him and then you have Kawhi and PG that slipped down to the three and the four with Zoo? I just don't think that lineup would fare very well. I think you're better off having Westbrook come off the bench in that case. But I think I think it's a lot of empty space at the moment. And I think we're better off waiting to see what happens with the trade and then seeing who's in it 
and then we can discuss what the ramifications are for the Clippers. I completely agree. Let's let's stay on this on this cloud of optimism right now, and not not that it would be not that the cloud or the bubble would be burst should the beard come over. It's a lot of bees, but another one. But I do think uh, at the current moment, the Clippers look great. You know, the the vibes are immaculate, as as many will say. And the guys look good. They look healthy. I know Zoo had a little bit of a an, an issue in that second game, but I think he'll be okay. And oh, and I should say, if we're we did mention Plum Dog Millionaire a little bit, but he did he looked great in his limited minutes um, in that last game, coming off the bench as the backup center. He is going to be play a huge role this year. Um, I predict just coming in, you know, backing up Zoo and just having one of them on the floor at almost all times, like we like. Uh, he has a whole training camp now with these guys, um, plus the preseason. I think I think Plumlee is undercover, going to be just a huge, huge part of this team and um, how far they can potentially make it. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's weird that the Clippers have a valuable backup center and and a strong center in Zoo. And it's it's funny. It really is funny. Every time we bring up Zoo, I know I bring this up so often. So I'm sorry to people that have listened to a ton of our podcasts. But the fact that people thought that Zoo should be benched for Musa Diabate, I had people in my mentions saying that Diabate is the center of the future and Zoo is just worthless. I mean, give me a break. I mean, Diabate has looked really bad at times um, in this preseason and just cannot finish. And he's got the energy, but give it up. And also on that note, you and I talked about this very briefly before we started and we hit record. Brandon Boston Jr. is another one that's not going to crack this rotation. I mean, the Clippers have too many guys, and Brandon Boston Jr. is not going to be on the floor often. And if he's on the floor, that's a bad sign, Matt, because that means the Clippers are injured and that he is there because the Clippers have injuries, and that wouldn't be a good thing. Either they're injured, and that's that's terrible, or they're blowing out the other team by so much that they've emptied the bench. So it's either fantastic or it's horrific. But there's really no in between because you're right. I mean, and I know you know it's not as if we're not fans of these guys. I like I like Diabate quite a bit, and I and you know Brandon Boston's a, a talented player as well. But with the rotation, I mean, yeah, we we listed so many. We went down the list listing so many guys who we can't even figure out how to squeeze them all in. So guys like Diabate, uh, Amir Coffee, even the rookies Brown and Miller, uh, they're just. They're just not really going to crack the rotation, unfortunately. And, you know, I know Diabate comes in and he's cool. And he has, he's got a great name. I love I love it. But hmm. I don't I don't think he's really progressed. You know, it's not as if he's coming in and he's taking this leap or something. I mean, he's, he, he's kind of the same Diabate, at least from the little bit that we've seen that we this season. So I, I, I just don't I don't see them cracking the lineup. You're right. Yeah. But we'll see. I mean, listen, that means the G League team should be pretty good because the Clippers certainly have some death there. And uh, Aqua Caliente, baby. Yeah, we still haven't mentioned in two podcasts um, a player that starts with P and ends with O. And I don't think there's any need to uh, to mention that player that the Clippers decided to uh, bring onto their roster. That's more youth, uh, but some, we'll see what happens. Um, all four second chances, but we'll see what happens. Um, any thoughts on that one or can we move on? Um, no, I am okay to move on. Uh, quick question for you, because I don't have many thoughts on this uh, topic, and I'm curious if you do. Jordan Miller, Kobe Brown, um, any but anything that uh, stuck out for you on the Clippers rookies that they drafted this year? 
Um, in summer league, yes. In preseason, no. They're with the Clippers. I mean, I I do like both of these players. I actually like Kobe Brown quite a bit. He he put on a couple of shows in summer league, but we know the Clips. I mean, if they're just not rookies, they're just not going to crack the rotation. Yeah. But I I am fans of theirs. I, I think they both have some potential. Uh, whether whether they stick with the team, whether they do some G League stints, which is probably more likely, or they even get included in some trades, uh, because of course the Clippers are are playing for now. You never know what could happen down the list. I don't have many thoughts on them, no, except that I, I am a fan of both Brown in particular. But I mean, if you know, if we're already talking about BBJ and Coffee and even Diabate not cracking the rotation. I don't think those guys have much of a chance. Yeah, it'll be good to see them get them get some reps with Agua Caliente and see how they do, because um, there certainly is um, some talent there. And uh, the, we mentioned Bones Highland and the youth there, um, and KJ Martin. The Clippers have some guys, and then if you can grow a couple more, not only do you have guys you can add to your roster, but you have trade chips. And so the more guys you can develop, and the more that have some experience, then the better. Uh, but we'll see exactly what they do in the G League and how they perform and what people think of them. Um, next up, the Clippers play, I believe, on Thursday. Um, that is their next preseason game. And we will see what they do in that one against the Nuggets. And that Tuesday, will... actually. Uh, it's Tuesday. Oh, Tuesday. I thought it was Thursday. No, Tuesday. Well, Tues- right. Tuesday, and then they play again, uh, the Nuggets, on, on Thursday. So Tuesday, Thursday, uh, pseudo back-to-back. There you go. That's what it the is. Nuggets. That's what it is. Tuesday, Thursday. So... Um, we'll come back with another pod and we'll talk about what the uh, the two Denver games look like and what we see going into the regular season. Before you know it, the regular season will be here for the Clippers. If you are listening still, please rate and review the podcast. Give us a five-star rating and leave us a review as well. Helps the podcast grow. Retweet it. Like it. Even a like is always great because it means it pops up on people's For You feeds. And the more that this podcast spreads the better. There are some great Clippers podcasts out there, um, and we just want to be amongst those. Uh, at Ethos Clippers, hit us up on Twitter, at BD Marcus or X, whatever you want to call it, at Matt Mattawarren as well. Um, any final words, Matt? Uh, I have my home league fantasy basketball draft coming up this Sunday. Ooh. I will be using every single sports ethos fantasy basketball tool I can, including the B-150. If anybody out there has their draft coming up, I Highly recommend signing up for all those goodies because, boy, oh, boy, I feel good. I feel real good going into Sunday. Fantasy Pass is where it's at. Go ahead and grab one of those. It certainly does help. I was able to finish top three in my league last year because of that B-150. Brewski is fantastic. My draft is the week after. Mine is on the 22nd on that Sunday as we get as close to the regular season as possible until next time he is matt i am brandon and go clips go clips